0: Hey, it's EVB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this day two of month seven, 2023. We're going to celebrate a little communion. So go ahead and get that ready for our Sunday meditation. As our Sunday meditation gears up in just a few moments. Hello. Hello. Oh, good good morning, afternoon, evening, night. That's all of them. <laughs> Wishing you yeah. a great
1: second half of 20, can you believe it, the second half of 2023? Yeah, this is second half. Uh, get your Christmas list together. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want a, I want a cake and some chicken wings and some french fries. <laughs> and, uh, and Mama Belle
1: wants a grand piano. That's right. I was just getting ready to tell y'all to start saving your pennies so you can yeah. get it together. Yeah. yeah.
0: And we're going to have to build a build a room on the back of the house to hold
1: yeah. it. Right.
0: Yeah. Her grand piano. Hard name. Yeah. Hard You sound like that woman that we used to have a lady at the church do announcements. And every year we had the pastor's anniversary. Y'all need to start now. Save me your money. You do it all the
1: time. <laughs> That's probably where I heard it somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: You sound like you doing church announcements. Y'all need to start now. Y'all know pastor's anniversary is coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds just like a while I do it. Sure
2: <laughs> uh, y'all
0: know your obligations. Y'all need to start now saving your money, putting your pennies together. You want it, you need to put your passive payment on layaway, put it on layaway. <laughs> right. you know, I ain't never seen it in my life. A pastor's anniversary ticket on layaway. <laughs> Oh, oh Lord. Somebody to write a book. Crazy things we heard at the church. It'll be a series. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, yeah, liven us up now. We all—that's good. Yeah. We all laughing and happy. Yeah,
0: we all laughing and happy. For the people who I actually was talking about, they sitting over there with a frown on their face. <laughs> good morning again. Afternoon, evening on this win on this uh, Sunday. I don't know what day it is. As we are uh, also in the mood, if you please, of celebrating uh, Independence Day. Right on. Yeah. So, oh, as my other friends say, that's day holiday. Our holiday was back in June. I don't know what that means, but whatever. I don't really get down with the holidays that much either, it's, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But for right now, uh, I don't know if you heard, we'll have a moment. Uh this is the first Sunday in the second half of twenty twenty three. So uh all of my Eucharist participants will be happy. We'll do our little our moment of uh, holy Eucharist a little bit later on today and uh, we'll, uh we have got some things on our brain we want to talk about so we'll pray with us as we get going but before we get to all that mama bell is here brother dennis is here and uh we can uh, enjoy our playing and our synopsis by those two fine individuals uh Brother Dennis, he was here for the first revolution, so he can definitely tell you the story. <laughs> and uh, so we'll look forward to that. Mama Belle. Yeah. You I... kick us off, and then Brother Dennis will take us back to 1776, and then you will do what you do. Oh,
1: okay. You want me to go
0: now, huh? Oh, Hurry up for Brother Dennis go to sleep. You know he's always... old.
1: Okay, then. All right, then. Thank
3: you.
1: 4th of July.
2: The Lord. Okay. God bless us right. and America. All right, Mama, I'm glad we got your contract straightened out and you came back to play some more. Uh, what a way to start 4th of July! With a reminder of what God does for us. He blesses America. You know, uh, we don't have to worry about uh, looking out. Our front door, and see us some soldier standing there with a rifle, telling us that we can't praise God. And that's a good thing. We live in one of the best countries in the world. That's my own opinion. But we also Me live too. in a country that that gives us a chance to to worship God, regardless of how we decide to do that. Whether we do it at a church, a temple, or a synagogue or a mosque, we have that freedom. And we thank God that he gives us that. We also thank God that he gives us the opportunity to join together, whether it's a, a, a virtual church or whether it's a church in person. But the most important thing that we do get together, we do praise God, and we do thank God for what he does for us and, and what he provides for us. Lord, we just you know we just want to give you a blessing all the time. I know I do. I just... Uh, uh, had opportunities to to teach and to be with uh, some young children this past week, and what a blessing it is to see their enthusiasm to find out more and more about who God is and what He can do for them. You know, it's, it, it makes my heart feel good that our country is 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 there. You know, we we will never forget who God is, and I will never forget. And that's our. Uh, task on this line is to remind you who God is and what he can do for you so we are glad that you are here today we are glad that you joined with us to listen and to find out how God can help you and how God can bless you but most of all how he can protect you and be with you no matter what you're going through your ups and downs in your life God is still there he never gets off that though. he is always with you so again we thank you for being with us and we hope you'll be with us on a regular basis we that's our prayer that our church grows and multiplies you know i myself uh, have been here a long time and, and plan to be here a long time ahead there is nothing wrong with coming to one church then go into another church you know you never get enough of god that's my own opinion and and, uh, and and i want to preach that you know god is always with us so why should we always be with him amen amen and uh, he'll and now uh, mama bell she's going to come back and she's going to remind us through her beautiful music that how much what god loves us all right thank
3: you
0: Communion. The sharing or exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Holy Communion. The service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated. And the moral of the story is. The mere basis of communion, the bread and the wine, was symbolic. But the actual sharing, the actual connection, a man sharing between he and his friend, that was the centerpiece. Sharing of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Our pastor is coming to pray with us in just a few moments. And while after he prays, he has a moment in time there where he uh, says that you share your thoughts. I would like to submit to you for consideration that that is your communion time where you can not only partake of your bread and your wine if you choose, but more importantly, where you can exchange your thoughts and your feelings. I must tell Jesus
2: all of my troubles.
0: I cannot, nor does anybody else want to bear my burdens, our pastor will pray, and then we will have our time of communion intimately with our creator.
4: Most gracious God, our Father, we honor you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor for giving us this day. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. We thank you, almighty God, for opening up our minds and giving us the common sense to know who you are and accept you as our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your birth. We thank you for the death. and Most of all, we thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us, for the remission of our sins. Thank you for purchasing us, Lord God. When we didn't have enough to purchase ourselves, we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done. You're a great, God. You're mighty, God. You're greater than whatever we could ever think, and we all and you're an awesome God. And we thank you this morning. And Father, we just. Seize the opportunity to bless your holy name for all that you've done and doing in our lives, your great God. You brought us to another week. You brought us to another time and season. You brought us to times in which we never seen before and circumstances that we thought we'd never have to go through. But, God, you graced us with the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding to deal with the things that we have to deal with. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the avenues that you've given us to be able to walk through the valleys and shadows of death and feel no evil. We thank you for our mountain experiences. We thank you for our valley experiences. We just thank you for experiencing life with you, Lord God. We thank you because you never left us alone. Even when we felt alone, you never left us, and we thank you, Lord God, for that. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for being such a a releasing God, releasing your blessings, releasing the joy of our salvation. Father, we just thank you this morning for giving us an opportunity to come together. Thank you for this service this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for opening up a way that we can bless your holy name. Father, even though we are miles apart, God, you're yet in our hearts because you said where there is two or three gathered in your name, you shall be in the midst. Thank you for being in the midst of us today. Father, as we come this morning, somebody needs you for something. Somebody needs you for another thing. But at the end of the day, Lord God, we are not coming to you as a Santa Claus God or a God that, that you're a jack-in-the-box God, but you're a God. Besides all of that, you're God because you are God. And besides you, there is none other. And, God, we put our trust in you. And, Father, as we look at the condition of this world, We place it in your hand. As your ambassadors, as your mouthpiece, as we speak your word in the earth, we pray, Lord God, that it will go out, and according to your word, it will accomplish everything that it was sent out to do, and it will not come back void. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord God, because many prayers we have offered up to you for different circumstances, and, and God, you made a way. You worked miracles. You touched hearts. God, you went in and you took your hand of providence and you placed it in situations where we didn't know how we was going to get out. God, you made a way. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for being peace beyond our understanding. That is God in our heart and our mind. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the angels that you got to count all around us and mm-hmm. fighting for us even right now. We thank you, Lord God. Yes. So great God, mm-hmm. God, replace Lord God all of the cares of our lives in Your hand because You said in Your Word, we can cast upon You and You careth for us. Yes. You are caring. We are caring, God, and we know you care because you touched us and you brought us out. You delivered us. You, you paid bills that we didn't know how we was going to pay, God. Yes. You healed us when we were sick. You lifted us up when we were down. Oh, God, you comfort us when we were sorrowful. We thank you, Lord God, for being a friend that sticks us closer than any brother. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our cities and our towns. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing forth people that you're raising up to lead and to, 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 to be that person of influence that will, will caliple us and, and allow us to excel to things, Lord God, that will open up to us that people said would never will. Oh. We thank you, Lord God, for doors opening and we thank you for shedding some doors. Yes. Your great God. And we praise your holy name. And we give your name the glory mm-hmm. and the praise. This morning, as pastor have already said that a time of prayer and when you talk to God. That could be your time of communion with God where you could talk to God for yourself. And you could open up your mind and your heart and you could pour it out on the altar. I declare that the Lord cares for you and he, and he loves you. Let's talk to him now.
1: Oh, holy cross,
3: used
4: Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul, it is
3: well, it is well with my soul. Amen.
0: The Gospel according to John, chapter 8. The Gospel according to John, Uh, Chapter 8, verse uh, 36 is where we will uh, direct our attention. The Gospel, according to John, chapter 8, verse 36, I'm getting myself together and I think everything is. Where I need it. It says, So if the sun sets you free, you are really free. If the sun sets you free, you are really free. That's where we want to focus our attention. We want to go back to um, verse 30 and do a little reading, if you will. Verse 30, it says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you come." If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Verse 33, we are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. I know, verse 37, you are a descendant of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father, so then you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You are doing what your father does. I think we will let that marinate a little bit. Uh, As the old preacher said, that may be more than you can eat in the dinner table time, and we don't want you to waste any good verses. I want to talk to you today a little bit if I can, uh, from the idea, uh, the battle for freedom, the battle for freedom, and all those in agreement or believe in the God of the Bible respond with a howdy, Amen, Amen, Amen. Uh, the battle for freedom. Is that what I just said?
1: Thanks, John.
0: All right. If Mama Bell agrees, then we all right. I've been stewing a little bit, a couple, some time over this idea, this ideology known as freedom. I've been stewing over independence. I've been stewing over slavery ever since we had this resurgence if you please this uh, new discovery or this revelation of uh, juneteenth the black man has found his identity or found his purpose if you please and And just to set the stage and to clear your mind, no, I'm not trying to discuss a black ideology here. I'm just trying to set the stage for a different train of thought. They found themselves, the black people, in this new revelation uh, that their independence technically is around June. Well, I like to consider a, a little bit of a... Uh, conflict of interest, if you please. Because uh, I have not, nor have I, well, that's not true. On the way to California, we, we landed and just hung out on the runway in Texas. So I can say I have at least been inside of their little bubble. But pass by that, I do not have any relation well, that's not true. I know about two people in Texas. I personally have not dived into, with any type of detail, uh, the area occupied and controlled by Governor Hopkins. So I cannot say that my independence was in June. My independence, technically, if I would like to be a true understanding of my descendants, they came from a hockey where everybody's cousins. And since that I am from the eastern part of the world, we was informed of our independence around by January. So February 1 is my independence, whereas June might be others. a little conflict of interest is what I'm trying to point out. But between those two entities, those two dates, uh, the African-American has pitched this tent that their independence has been different from that of the nation. Many have argued amongst the scholar community, not just in the black neighborhood, but in other minority communities, the Asians, the Jews, the Gentiles, the Italians, the Portuguese, the Polans, all of those types of But when you look at the story of American culture, when you look at the revolution, it is nothing more than a European feat. After all, the whole idea of the American independent story was the fact that you had some renegades, some rebels, the people who were not astute enough uh, to live amongst the Queen. They had taken the people of non-repute, the people of non-stature, the nobodies, if you please, of the European community, and they'd shift them off into this new world just to get rid of them, get them out of my house. And those Europeans of non-repute, the the non-society members, the ones who were not good enough to be the lords and the knights. They were not good enough to be sirs and madams. They were not good enough to sit at the right hand of queen or king. They were the peasants, the ultimate commoners. They came over to this nation, and because they had the same ideas and ideals, of their countrymen. Not to mention they were, as I have hopefully pointed out here, and if not, please allow me this folly. As they were the renegades and the hard knocks of the community, they they used certain tactics. Basically, they were the thugs, the European thugs. And so they came over, and thugs do What thugs do? And they thugged it out with the native people. They thugged it out with the native land. They thugged it out until they had their own little piece of business going on. And then it became a problem. It became a problem when all all centered around some lictum, some good lictum. Oh, I can't stand them white folks. Only reason why I can't stand them white folks because y'all wasted that good lifting. Y'all could have wasted some coffee. Could have wasted some bourbon. I wouldn't have had a problem if you wasted a little bit of Pepsi. But lifting, that good lifting, they wasted because a trade deal. That's all it was—a trade deal. The Indians had uh, a a good relation with the British and. Uh, The Indians wanted their tea to be the tea of England, the tea of the Commonwealth, if you please. But the natives were finding ways, the European natives here in America, were finding ways to produce their own tea, to do their own thing. And and they didn't have to uh, resort to the tea of India. And so the Indian people were losing money. I'm sure you know every war starts over a dollar. If you haven't figured that out by now, then well, I don't know what to take. Oh, it started over American pride. Nobody got pride. Nobody care about the flag or resolve. Only the only that nobody is care about in American pride. I was having a conversation yesterday with some brothers who went into the, the military and they were Uh, uh, trying to get their benefits, and we were talking, and and, uh, they said, you know, most of us went into the military because that was the only option we had, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and we went there because we didn't have any uh, resources. We couldn't get into college. We, We couldn't uh, do any type of work other than going into the military because that guaranteed us, that guaranteed us things like the GI Bill and and uh, family assistance and so forth and so on, and so we went there. And I was talking to this, this gentleman who is a pretty high-up man, and please uh, forgive me because of his status if I do not uh, mention any names. But he sat down and he said, Eric, let me tell you something. He said, you'll be surprised amongst our ranks, maybe one or two percent of the people, and I'm not talking about black folks, I'm not talking about white folks, I'm not talking about Jews or Gentiles, I'm talking about all of them included. maybe one or two percent. Out of everybody who signs up, only 1% or 2% crazy enough to believe they're here because of some pride. The biggest majority of them are here because it was the only option they had. The biggest bulk of them are only here just to collect the check. And the sad reality is that we pushed this idea That we are just prideful people when truth be told, 90% of every battle we've ever fought in this nation started because somebody was greedy. And we went in, whether it was American culture or another nation, depend upon what the situation was, nobody in this world is clean, if you please. You look at the issues that's going on amongst the Ukrainians and the Russians. It's nothing more than a power play. There's a significant amount of economic uh, advancement, a significant, significant amount of economic uh, power empowerment, the Russian status becomes a little bit stronger by annexing that part of Ukraine. If they just push themselves further into there, now Russia can have a stronger stake in the world. That's all it is, is power. You got them boys and them girls out there fighting for power. But that's over there. We're not talking about the European story. We're not talking about the Russian story. We're talking about the American story. And we're not really talking about the American story. We're just using that as a backdrop to get to what we really want to discuss today. So the revolution. The revolution began on January one, some 4th, when a European governor by the name of Lord Dunmore shot up a church. Oh yes. Bomb. The cannonball, if you please, that lodged itself into the sanctuary wall of the Saint Paul Church, just right over here. The shot that began that began the struggle for European supremacy. The struggle over tea and taxes. Now, why do I bring that up? Because the Americans won the war? We know that. We know how the story ended on January, or excuse me, on July 2nd over in Philadelphia. They signed the document. That secure that the American Revolution had ended, that the British would succeed, and that America would begin its its journey and find its new identity. We we all know that that is where the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We the people of these states united, formed under this more perfect union. We know that there comes at and that point where they wrote, where all men are created equal under God with certain unalienable rights, that to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All that came at that faithful time in July of 1776. But what I feel that we have been battling since the battle is the interpretation, the true understanding of what those words actually meant. Now, I do not wish to start a war with my brothers in the Civil Rights Movement, but I do wish to position myself or to paint the picture or to submit for consideration that they might have led us astray just a little bit. Now, at the fear of contradicting myself, as I just said, they might let us astray, there might have been, uh, at least in my mind, where there was a led astray, but maybe if we took time to have a discussion, Reverend Jesse is still here. Al, I don't know what he's doing. But maybe we can sit down and discuss some things, and maybe we can understand. I heard, uh, 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 what's his name out there in Princeton, the guy with the black suit and tie, you know what I'm talking about, the one would do all the, what's his name? He's Dr. Somebody. He's running for president. I can't remember his name right. Now, oh, mercy me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe if all of us got together and had a discussion, we might have we might come to a conclusion. But let me tell you why I feel that there has been a little bit of lead, a leading of a statement. Because for so long I've been heard that when the Constitution was written, it said it was not written for black people. Well. I must push back because I don't believe that the Constitution really cares what color you are. Oh, yes, at the time of it's written, it was written. The Constitution might have or the series of the time period by which we were living might have been a little bit hostile towards the African-Americans. But then again, it was hostile towards the Italian. It was hostile towards the German. It was hostile towards the Polishman. It was hostile towards the Asian, the Jew, the Gentile, and anybody else, all European. But here is where the text not only contradicts both the white argument and the black. It said every American born Every American born. What that means is, is that if you were born on American soil, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white, I don't care if you're Jew, I don't care if you're Gentile, I don't care if you're Greek, I don't care if you're black, or KC, I don't care if you can't walk. If you was born on American soil, you. are are granted under God with certain unalienable rights. You are granted with rights they can't take from you. That to life, that to liberty, and that to the pursuit of happiness. The Black Lives Matter movement, which is a very interesting movement, is more so a millennial movement, but it it has this moment where it fights, if you will, the old folks, as it says. They consider the civil rights movement as the old guard, the guard of of manipulation and power and whatever, and to some degree when you really peel back the argument, they can make it make sense. Because what we just discussed in the last five minutes proves the case that even though they – system says that black people or white people of different ethnicities, of different origins, did not have any stake in this country. But if your eyes was first open in this nation, in any part of it, or any part that has been succumbed to this nation, Louisiana, over out west, near Arizona and Utah, those nations that were more Spanish-leaning during the time of the occupation of those parts of the world, the first thing in the agreement was either you can maintain, in this case Spanish, your Spanish heritage, or you will automatically come under the laws and protections, this is all documented, go read it, of these states united. When Alaska and Hawaii were brought into the Union, it was the same ideology, the same thing. You can either be escorted to a nation that shares your identity. You can be allowed to peacefully go to a country, and they will welcome you as a full citizen, or you can stay here and gain full citizenry So that means anybody that was born in Alaska or in Hawaii, even before Hawaii became a state, once Hawaii became a state, you automatically became a natural-born citizen and came under the rights and privileges of this country. Now, I haven't talked enough about the nation. I'm tired. It's Sunday. We're supposed to talk about Jesus, not about nations. And let me get to the Bible for my sanctified folk get mad with me. <laughs> <clears throat> we find freedom. Freedom to be the centerpiece of discussion all throughout time, even going back to the beginning of the scripture, the book of Exodus opened with the fight for freedom. The thing that fascinates me and has fascinated me even into this moment is how we celebrate this idea of freedom while also operating In an ideal of oppression. What I mean by that is that our country gets up every July and we march around and I'm sure some fireworks either went off last night or probably go off somewhere between the nine and two. And they're gonna blare these big things in the sky, these big balls of fire, and it's gonna be attached to. And all you're gonna go around with the American flag. Some of them gonna have rainbows in it. You're gonna have pride, but then the next day. We go back to an oppressive system that says, your class deserves to be beneath me. Your system needs to be beneath me. (laughs) We go back to a system who has decided that education is now a battleground because of the reverse of affirmative action. We go back to churches. 216 on one block yet is the most devastating block in the whole city of Newport News people getting shot every five minutes right in front of the church. Some of the churches got blood on the church from the shooting. Everybody's got a church. Everybody's got a house of worship, but can't nobody work together. Because my ego won't allow me to subsude to your ego. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and we were having a discussion and I was saying I wanted to do some things, and he uh, he looked at me and he said, Brother Eric, I, I like your ideas. I really do, but you have to understand our church has got to make money. And so we have to be uh, economically cautious about that. And I had to remind him, I said, you know, you get up and you go down to that church every Sunday morning because you've been brainwashed. And we don't want to listen to the atheists because they're they just anti-God and we've been taught that anybody who doesn't preach our religion is of the devil. But maybe we got the devil in the church. And then they come and they argue, well, you, you're right, we do got the devil in the church because y'all let the devil come in here. No, that's not true. Either read the Bible. We didn't let the devil creep in the church. The devil was born in the church. Every man born of woman. We are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So we talk about all this God, God, These sermons that have no baseline to it. Constantine one of the emperors found that the people were so enamored with faith, they were so interested, they were so immersed in it, and he found a way to capitalize, and that's where the modern church comes from. It was a Constantine idea as to how we could economically build and empower the community off of the fears and the hopes of the people. They enslaved you on your faith. They enslaved us with our own beliefs. Changed the Bible, manipulated the Bible to make us see the world the way they wanted to. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that your Bible's wrong because you opened your book. The Bible said test the spirit by the spirit. You can find God even in a flawed book. And I'm talking any book. Seek and ye shall be found. Call and I will be near. That is still true. I don't care what no book tells me. Old folks say, I tried him. And I know you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about them. I know what it's like when I was sitting there holding a bill in one hand and a check in another, and somehow the check you rise. You I'm talking to the poor folks now. You've been there where you had a little bit of money and a lot of bills, but somehow between a little bit of money and a lot of bills, the bills became little, and the money became much. You didn't see it happen. You went to the grocery store, and he took your little $20, and he, he let the managers come out with some meat and, and marked it down. They called it manager special, and you, you found yourself two, three packs of hamburger. It would have been $12 for the whole thing, but because you just came in, God had you go in at the right time. You found that $12 pack of hamburger for $2.95. You don't talk. I, I, you t- see, if I open testimony service, y'all start speaking in languages we can't understand. Because there has been experiences that will express the freedom of God. But what we are trying to bring awareness to at this moment is not the freedom of God itself, but the indoctrination and the slavery of our cultures. Why do we need seven churches when we can only, well, why do you need a Presbyterian, a Baptist, a Methodist, a Pentecostal, Episcopalian, and a Catholic? And why y'all got to be on the same block? Why hasn't anybody asked the question of why in one city block we got seven churches from 14 different denominations? Yes, 14, because y'all can't remember what denomination I want to be part of. I may want to be Catholic today and Jewish tomorrow, so i got to make up my mind so I stay in between. Why can't we have one church? Anybody ever ask that question? Because I'm just Presbyterian. And because I'm Presbyterian, that's all that matters. I'm just Baptist. And you know what? I was Baptist born. I was Baptist bred. And when I am died, i will be Baptist dead. I've been Pentecostal all my life. You can't join it. You got to be born in it. All of these different ideas that we have put in to isolate ourselves when truthfully, (laughs) we're only supposed to be serving the good Lord, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Our friends here in the text—they argued that Jesus was trying to preach to them just a simple message. They say, "Hey, we the sons of the Baptist Church." I know you sound like I'm picking on the Baptists, but they—they—they they, kind of—they kind of fun to pick on. we the sons of the Episcopals. and Jesus had to remind them. He said, "Listen." I'm trying to tell you what I've seen through the Father. Y'all talk about what y'all heard. All y'all know is what somebody told you. All y'all know is what y'all been taught. All y'all know what y'all think is truth. I'm just trying to tell you what is truth. Bless my heart, I didn't yell so loud I woke up first lady. So so what I want to say here. In my conclusion of this idea of freedom this morning, in this moment of awareness, this moment of true thought as we approach Independence Day, not as American citizens or just as American citizens, but if we approach Independence Day as citizens of the kingdom, we just a few moments ago took a time to partake in the communion effort, if you will. And for so long, I've even been under the impression that it was really about the bread and the water or the bread and the wine. But isn't it fascinating, if I could just point this out for a side note, that the thing that brought Jesus' ministry, if you please, to a close. The centerpiece of the closing, the sunsetting of his ministry was the centerpiece of the sunrise. His first introduction, or his introduction, his first mission, his first Uh, moment, if you please was at a party when the wine ran out and Jesus went and told him to go get the water buckets. And he went and got the water buckets and turned the water into wine. And at the same effort, with the same tool, he gathered his friends together. Many of them had no clue who he was or what he was about. Even though they had walked with him, they still was no understanding of who he was. They were still enslaved and tramped in their societal ideas, their cultural identities. They were still products of their environment, and Jesus was just sitting here trying to have a moment with his friends. That's the goodness of communion. That's the freedom of it. When you can sit down amongst like-minded individuals. That's the goodness of it, that that Presbyterians, is an idea. It is not a way of life. It's just an idea. Baptist is just an idea. We just see the world this way. We just like black churches. That's all we do. We just want hymns and, 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 and no drums. That's all it is. It's a cultural thing. And we can get together with our culture and celebrate this idea that we are all a part of not only the American story, but the Christian story. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. That is the motion. That is the real battle for freedom, is when we all learn We were uniquely created with individual ideas, individual thoughts, individual trains. And no one is better than the other. There are no big eyes, and certainly no little U's. But we've all been come together as the family of God. This morning, my granny comes to pray for us. I know we did a lot of jumping around. We had a lot to cover. But my thought, my hope, my prayer is in this battle for freedom as we have did our best to interpretate or bring awareness to this morning. You can forget all that. Forget the whole 30-some minutes of yapping. Just remember this one part. It's all about being a part of the family. The reds got a good part in this family. The whites got a good part in this family. The blues got a good part in this family. And the reds may see the world their way, and that's fine. The blues same. The whites, certainly. We can have our differing We can have our corner, but as long as we know that at the end of the day, the center of peace is one nation under God, that one nation under God represents one Lord and one faith and most certainly one baptism. And we can find our way with our different ideas and our agendas and our purpose to get to that one line, that one goal. However God the creator gets us there. We'll get there and one day we will truly sing the song not of a nation, not of a church, But we will sing the song of true freedom. That is our prayer today, my dear grandmother.
1: Most holy and all wise, Father, we just thank you. We praise you and we magnify your name. And God, as we come, we say thank you. Thank you, holy Father, for all you've done for us. Thank you. God, for this opportunity as we heard your word, that you will hide this word in our hearts, that we may come to love you, that we will love you with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, that we will give you all the glory and all the praises, that we just say thank you, God, for what you've done for us. Oh, God, you have made us free because we trust you. Help us to believe your word. Help us to walk in the light of your word. And help us to be in your word. We just thank you today. Bless every listening audience this morning. Everyone, oh God, give us the ear to hear. And, oh God, eyes to see what the word is saying to us. We just thank you this morning. Bless our pastor today. Give him the strength and wisdom and the knowledge, God. As he preach your word, God, help him, oh God, to stand tall and cry loud and be bold for you. We just thank you this morning. And, God, we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great day, a great week. Trust God in every situation.